Hello, I'm Casey Brazil. And I'm TJ Barczyk. And this is Work Friends. Work Friends is a podcast about business, entrepreneurship, and work. Today, first topic, I wanted to talk about college. What would you do different if you had it to do again? I think this is something you always talk about <laughs> with your friends. There's a bunch of ways to go with this. Uh, there's, there's a probably a few I wouldn't have dated that girl. I wouldn't have done. Perhaps, but I think I think you're more referring to uh, leading yeah, into professional of, life, not uh, dumb drinking mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely things that would be applicable to the fine Less listeners. Less STDs, maybe of, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that could come up in your professional career. Man, HR issues. We, that would have been a good name for a podcast, HR issues. So what would you have done differently if you had it to do... A, over again, 18-year-old, yeah. bright-eyed TJ uh, starting college. <laughs> I mean, as someone who, who has a degree in social relations and policy, uh, which is an unemployable degree that doesn't really exist in the real world, there's the the draw as an older person to be like, I wish I would have known what I wanted to go into and narrowed mm-hmm. my focus and interned more and done all that sort of stuff. Because that's, that's the obvious thing. But the truth of the matter is, I didn't know what I wanted to go into. So I had to try a bunch of different things in order to figure out what worked. To speed that up, I wish I would have taken internships or jobs in fields I could have potentially gone into. As compared to, I worked at a daycare center because it was good money mm. and it worked with my schedule. I worked you at did the, like short term. I worked at the cafeteria because it was, you know, it worked with my schedule. I like doing morning breakfast stuff before class and all that sort of stuff. I wish I would have done more. Right, it's a poli sci degree. I wish I had interned at the state capitol before my senior year. Mm. Uh, if business was interesting to me and nonprofit was kind of my field of study in the beginning, I wish I had done more, not just volunteering with nonprofits, but actually working with them and kind of doing that way. So I think it would have sped up the process of figuring, helping me figure out where I wanted to go. And that's really hard to ask a college kid, hey, go volunteer and intern yeah. in your time at literally the most fun moment of your life. That's Yeah, because I hear you say that, and I'm like, yeah, maybe in a perfect world where I have infinite energy, yeah. <laughs> I maybe would do something like that. And I worked jobs in college some, and I certainly worked summer jobs. And I think... That's a great little tip is like try and do a summer job that's pointing at something. And it doesn't have to be like the best, most prestigious internship, but it's better if you're like, oh, I'm studying law. I'm interning at a law firm then. Oh, I'm studying law, but I'm working at my dad's summer camp or whatever. Yeah. And I I think for me, and this is why my sister's a sophomore in college right now. And I talk to her about this all the time is like, yeah, you're going to give up a couple grand by taking an internship instead of a job. You will make that couple grand back in spades uh, once you graduate. Those internships, as much as people hate the whole kind of you know unpaid labor thing, and it seems so terrible in the moment, uh, I truly believe most of those pay back. You know, five, ten, you know, times over. Absolutely, I think as a general rule, I agree with you. You have to kind of sniff it out. Yeah. Because there's good and bad internships and there's it's just like good and bad bosses, yep. right? It's basically who's running the thing. But when you say like, oh, I worked at the cafeteria, it's hard for me to imagine that I would have been able to be as engaged with the school, be a, 
athlete, be a, a good student, and have a job that was more serious than like <laughs> I refed like inner tube sure. water polo. I think if you're yeah, working I, at the I literally cafeteria, check tickets into the cafeteria yeah. for four hours every morning. I don't know if that's a lost opportunity. <laughs> like you would have sure. been at I don't know Jenner and Block <laughs> doing something instead. I think that you're on campus. Of course, having a campus job isn't the but worst. But it does come into play when you're applying for jobs after you graduate, right? My resume of cafeterias and daycares didn't stack up to the people who interned at the state capitol for four years, right? It just yeah. didn't compare. It's another kind of insidious small thing that you don't think about that money helps you with in getting a job is that you can afford to do <laughs> yeah. long-term thinking as opposed to being like, look, it, <laughs> I, I know the money the I make now <laughs> yeah. is nothing against my tuition, but I need everything I can scrape together. Yeah, there's that weird blue-collar mentality. It's like, no, you work throughout all of high school. You work all throughout college. And like, my sister's going through the same thing. I keep being like, talking to my parents, like, hey, if there's any way we can scrape together enough so she can intern instead of work, I know it sucks, but that's what's best for her long-term. And it's hard to have that long-term thinking when, right, that blue-collar mentality is so, we can't think about five years from now. We got to think about this year, right? Yeah. And I think you were speaking to a, something that's definitely a blue-collar thing, but I also think it's very human. Well, of course. Like, I think we all think about short-term rather than long-term. So what about for you? Uh, what are some things you would have done differently if you could redo, become 18 again? There's a lot of things that I was really worried about that, I now, in hindsight, don't think were a big deal. I want to go back to yours about I got an unemployable degree. So this is something that I hear a lot. <laughs> and I, you know, I studied philosophy, so I, I, I heard every joke about that. But I really do think there is something pernicious about the way, especially at larger schools, we have created so many sub, sub, sub specialties. If you want to study philanthropy at college you can now and that's not a bad thing and maybe you'll go into that <laughs> but to me a philanthropy degree against an english degree or whatever other much more general history degree if you're gonna go to the average job in the business world there's no leg up that you studied philanthropy specifically yeah. unless it created a network for you. And I think that stuff is really easy to exaggerate. So I certainly at the time thought, man, what's my job going to be? And if I had, if I studied, you know, I knew somebody who studied gerontology and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> like so great. He's in the pipeline. Old, old people? What is yeah, <laughs> like health for old people. Okay. It's easy to think of college the way you would think of a trade school. Yes. And in trade schools, that's a nice thing. You really are training. You're putting yourself in a pipeline for a certain career. Yep. But the reality of most of the working world is you will not be able to anticipate what kind <laughs> yeah. of jobs you would have had. And listen, both of us are employed, right? So yeah. I, though my whole like unemployable degree, like we figured it out. And I talk about this all the time. My, my program is basically a pre-law program. 60 to 70% of the people that graduate with my major go to law school. So it's a problem-solving degree, right? It's uh, teaching mm -hmm. you how to think. But in business, I would much rather hire a writing major or a, uh, especially creative writing majors or a 
poli-sci student or someone that had to actually critically solve problems versus someone who did accounting, which is like, here's the steps, follow the step. Mm. A lot of business, um, even marketing students are taught like, you know, here's the, here's the steps, right? STP, you know, segment target position, right? The, the four whatever's of marketing, all this sort of stuff. But when you get hire people from outside majors, you can't have a bunch of them because it goes in a million directions. But sometimes the most creative and the most uh, innovative people actually don't come from the, the college discipline, if that makes sense. The working world is, since the Industrial Revolution, hyper-specialized. Right. And it makes sense that, it, it seems like it should make sense, rather, <laughs> that the education system would try and copy that. But not every job is like being a plumber, where right. you really have <laughs> to learn how steps, to be a plumber. Yeah. Many of the jobs you will have, you would have no idea what they were like. So I've successfully dodged your question up to this point of what I would have done differently. But I, the, the thing that I keep wrestling with is being a student athlete. Like swimming was so much time. Would you do it again? And it was so much effort not toward... Sure. Any particular thing. I, I played ultimate frisbee in college, which was you know three practices a week for two to three hours, not nice. as much as swimming. Oh, but that would have been so even, good. Even even less prestigious. <laughs> well, I think that's that's the trade off. So right. my senior year, I quit the swimming. And no team. scholarship money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All those club teams. But like my senior year, I quit the swim team and I joined ultimate. And all of a sudden, I went from something that really was very rarely fun to something that was fun <laughs> at true. every practice. That's a good point. Yeah. Every practice is a fun you look game forward that to you practice. could win. Yeah. Absolutely. Point. You know, when I stopped being on a varsity team, I picked up so many extra crits that I couldn't yeah. do. So, like, all of a sudden I was a Spanish tutor for a homeschool kid. <laughs> sure. And I was, you know, in the Amnesty International Club, and I joined the Ultimate Frisbee team, and there's six other things. But those six other things, I don't remember because they weren't big like swimming. That's they, they interesting. Didn't cost yeah, yeah they didn't. So, so if you were 18 again, would you swim what? in college? I'm sure that I would. If you had a cousin who was you, 18 right now, would you tell them to swim in college? If you swam for four years in high school and you have the opportunity to swim in college. And get and some you, money for it. <laughs> I didn't get any money oh, for yeah, it. Okay. No. But, but if you liked it that much, then keep going. The person I wouldn't tell to start swimming is the person who's actually starting, right? If you're eight, soccer would be better, basketball, ultimate, all these things I are more I get this question fun. from wrestlers occasionally, like 18, like pretty good wrestler, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, you know, should I try walking on to this college team? And I was what like, do you no, say? <laughs> no, you should not. <laughs> they own you. If you participate, like in America, the way we do sports in college is real intense. And I was in a very player-friendly program, and my coach was as nice to us mm. as any coach would ever be. And yet, swimming was the defining part of most of the identities of most yeah. of the swimmers. Not just the good ones, <laughs> all of us. For me, collegiate athletes, like, the best part about it was when you go there, and you went to college, you know, multiple states away from where you grew up, I... You know, was one of three people from my high school to go to the college I went to. I didn't have friends, so sports and clubs and extracurriculars was my way to meet people, right? And that was the frisbee was an automatic friend group set. So there was night. I'm sure swimming was pretty similar. You walked in, absolutely. You immediately had friends. Things like that are the best reasons to do it. For me, college is more about developing interpersonal skills almost than it is about education. 
I think that's right. I think that's too small. Interpersonal skills is one part of it. It's just being an adult, learning to wipe your own ass. (laughs) Yes. In a a way, like if you're 17 and you live with your folks, like, hey, maybe you came up hard and you had a lot of responsibilities, but probably you didn't. (laughs) Sure. You know, probably you don't do your own laundry. Independence, all that sort of stuff. And this is the one I'm I'm glad we started talking about this because I finally remembered my biggest regret. It is a funny one, but it's very important for your life. Like I grew up in a very healthy household. I felt feel like my parents did a lot to make me as well adjusted sure. as they could, right? <laughs> but I never really thought very much about how to eat. And I never ate right. Interesting. And as a college swimmer, I like looking back at all the time and the effort, I always thought in my head, my logic was always I work out so much I could eat anything. Yeah, that's kind of how I was. That's true, but it's like driving on on <laughs> flat tires. Yeah. Right? It's like I I'm like, not getting why the, did I never the get proper big? protein intake. Why? I will never get better, right? Yeah, yeah, why did why did I work harder than the guy sitting <laughs> next to me and not look as good yeah. and not swim as fast and not it's like it's almost too obvious, but something that I didn't understand as a younger man was how much how much my nutrition was affecting my mood. And my accomplishments, because I really wanted to be fast. <laughs> of course. But I was never particularly fast. <laughs> it's funny. And it's a thing that you can only learn by going out on your own. Because if you come home and your mom or your dad like make chicken breasts every night, great. You might have a great, healthy diet. But when you get to college and you don't know how to do you that, that. That messy food buffet in front totally. of you every meal of every day. I ate... 21 pounds of peanut butter in the between December 11th and January 30th. Why did you 30th. keep track? Because they bought it for me on the team because <laughs> they knew I ate so much peanut butter. But like, I didn't even think like, is this good for me? No, I was like, yeah, I got 20 pounds. <laughs> going go for the record. Totally, Christmas break is almost over, dude. <laughs> I got to go home. I don't want to throw this stuff out. So much peanut butter. Oh, my gosh. I mean, think about I weighed 160 pounds. What percentage of that? (laughs) Was was just peanut butter stuck (laughs) to the inside of you? Just That's 11% of my body weight, more or less. Yeah. (laughs) Disturbing images. (laughs) That's that's an intense. But anyway, I think that's a good, like, metaphor for a bigger thing is that when I went to college, I kind of got my act together academically in a way that I hadn't in high school. And I'm so happy and yeah. so glad. And I wish I had done that in high school. But there are pieces of being more adult that I didn't have my act together on. And I'm sure it's different for different people. I didn't have a big problem with like, oh, he's hung over all the time. Like I had a pretty healthy relationship with alcohol before sure. I'd gone. And it's pretty similar now. But food and feeding myself <laughs> was really something that I had never spent that much time yeah. thinking about. That, that is interesting. Did you have any like life things like that? that you're life like, things. Well, I'm trying to think for me because uh, uh, so many people hit that independence and they almost go too far the other way, right? Yeah. They didn't drink at all in high school and now they're getting hammered and they don't know how to handle it, right? So there's there's like a, a weaning in process that mm-hmm. I, I think I, <laughs> growing up in a small town, was drinking every weekend since I was like 16. <laughs> so that, so I remember, not I remember, a new go, thing I remember going to college and being like, all right, you know, I'm drunk. I'm going to slow down. 
and my friends just being like, I drink till I puke. That's this is what I do. Yeah. So when like you know my sister this sort of thing, I was like, all right, like you're gonna have to be the responsible one of your friends, right? <laughs> like it's weird stuff like I that. I love it. You got to Escanaba education before you. Were <laughs> I had there. to be like the older brother of my friends uh, freshman year and those sort of things. Obviously, like you know, I think a lot of people go a little girl girl crazy or guy crazy yeah. right relationship. Oh my god! I have a room to myself, and I live in a dorm with you know all these attractive people. Blah 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 blah, and like you go a little crazy there. But is that bad? It didn't. I mean, it I didn't. mean, it could be a distraction. From- <laughs> it did create <laughs> the story on mine was welcome week. Like hooked up with two girls on my floor. They found out about it. Ended up becoming roommates together, and somewhat because my my major we you all, poisoned the well. My major we all lived in the same dorm. So we had our classes in the dorm, we ate in the dorm, we lived in the dorm, and literally it poisoned the well. And I had to like stop hanging out with people from my major because there was like 70 of us. It wasn't like a big major. Hmm. So literally all 70 people like knew, like I'd introduce myself and they'd be like, oh, heard about, heard about you. <laughs> DJ sex so, king. Well, what's, what's the phrase? Don't don't, don't shit where you eat, right? <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they say. That's the uh, that's the moral lesson. If I could do over, yeah. Looking back in at college, like I had a series of long term girlfriends, and I think that was in part because you know I was free of my high school persona, right? Of like you I was, be you who could, you want to be. Well, you could kind of either. Many of us, when you go into a new place and the social deck is reshuffled, yeah. and I happen to be shuffled to a much better place than I was <laughs> when I was in high On school. On purpose or by accident? I Well, I mean, I would have done anything I could to make it happen that way, but I don't, I think it was just the people I went to Fair. college with were more like me, Fair. and I had my act more together, <laughs> and I was the other side of a gross yeah. bird, and all of a sudden I was 6'7 and not 110 pounds. <laughs> I definitely. And I don't know if there's any like thing to extrapolate from this, but I early on in college got in like a longish term monogamous relationship where anyone paying attention would be like, you two are terrible for each other. (laughs) And I mean, this is not a knock specifically on her. It could be a knock specifically (laughs) on me, but it was like. A part of it was like the novelty of sure. like I have access to the possibility of a girlfriend now. <laughs> like blah blah, let's do this. If, it's, uh, if, she, if she's willing, I'm in. <laughs> doesn't yeah. matter. The rest of the rest totally. doesn't matter. And I I think that you know there's there's no way to take that to turn that into a piece of advice because if you've been wandering in the desert. You're going to, you know, there's there's no way to tell people like there's well, plenty of water. It goes out back there. to the drinking thing. Like if you don't drink at all in high school, yeah. you go you you dive in and you dive in head first and um at, like everything whether it's goes back to the eating thing. or if it's drinking or if it's girls or if it's uh, studying right. If you've never done these things and been self motivated to, uh, it's 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 a learning process and a lot of people think like I can handle it and then no one really can first thing. The dumbest simplest domestic skills. <laughs> I had friends who had them already, yeah. and I didn't. I never, I never worked a, uh, a dishwasher, and yeah. it took me like four tries of like trying to like remember sophomore year whenever I first got a dishwasher. People were just making fun of me because I was like, I've never used my family didn't have like I don't, <laughs> I don't know what this is. If you like the show. Please tell your friends about it. Share the podcast on your social media. And if you can, please write us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show. Finally, please visit our website, workfriendspodcast.com. You'll find 
cool, relevant links, the coolest links. Uh, you can also find our Amazon affiliate link. This will take you to regular Amazon, but anything you buy there, we get a couple of pennies on the back end of that helps support the show. And we appreciate that a lot. I want to talk about viral marketing. You know, I've seen a lot of, whether it's internet campaigns, try and do this uh, successfully or unsuccessfully. You know, I guess I want to start start with you. Do you think it's more, I'll call it art or science, right? Is it is it manufactured? Is there is there a, is there a process that like, hey, do this, this, and this, and it will become viral? Or is it more accidental happenstance, somebody got lucky? Because I guess my point is, you don't see a lot of companies do it twice, mm. right? You've seen Old Spice do a couple of viral campaigns. You've seen Taco Bell do a few. Dollar Shave Club is probably the most well-known viral internet marketing campaign. Yeah. Taking you- from your examples, there's kind of two ways to go at it. The one way is you say, like, we have a great idea for a campaign, and this is how it ties to something that could go viral. Right, We're going to do these funny commercials that we really like, and this is how we're going to tie it to like filters that are really popular on Snapchat right now. Sure. Or, you know, make this it very, is how we're gonna very make people... in the moment, very attached to pop culture or something that's uh, relatable. Well, I think like just as an and, if 80% of the work is on the you know the tv and the radio and the media buy and the getting the celebrity behind it because that's often a successful tactic i I did a quick dive on like most um successful viral campaigns just to kind of quick prep for this one of the common threads is a celebrity wearing some sort of a mask or like a like a makeup or something so think of like the Kyrie Irving Uncle Drew sketch for oh, I think yeah. it was Adidas or Nike whatever the mm-hmm. Nike Cristiano Ronaldo in your face marketing we don't remember what brand that was and we both but know that commercial the most, I, I, I looked up like the 10 most successful inter, uh, television campaigns I didn't recognize any of them so this doesn't like <laughs> we're not the, probably the television marketing uh, audience but they still have over 100 million views on YouTube right so people are watching these Cristiano Ronaldo had a really, really popular 100 million view one where he dressed in makeup like an old, like an, an old man and go and play. Oh soccer. yeah, I saw that. There's a lot of celebrity pretending to be someone else, and then the big reveal at the end, like, oh, I really was Heidi Klum, or whatever it may have been. Yeah, with those things, to answer your question, it's luck. So okay. neither art nor science is well, a lot of what art. makes something viral. Maybe you think of it as an art, but like. Viral is something that can happen as opposed to a strategy. You know, like I think too often we say like, this is our viral campaign that's going to go viral, but it's, that's impossible to predict. You don't, you know, I've never worked with a company that had a viral marketing manager, right? Like they don't, that's not a, that's not a position or something that exists. What you want to do is put yourself in a position to succeed. This is a thing that could become mildly or very popular but i i think that to the extent that there could be an art to it i would say it's being in touch with what is like you know trying to be prescient about what are good like oh this (laughs) all this marketing talk breaks my soul i I want to say but it's two things it's one trying to be in in touch with what your customers give a crap about yep and it's to it's executing it in a way that it's something that can be shared, right? Because viral, 
of course, the idea is it's a virus right. and it's something that's easily contagious. It's you don't want a disease that dies with the <laughs> carrier. You want a disease yeah. that spreads. You know, Can you, you want think a chicken of pox. the last video or meme you shared or, or any of them i mean the last one but like can, can you think of like what you recently shared and why you shared it i can think of things that were shared to me but you i want to see something that like made you you're like i need to share this if i did share something that was that some company put out it was because they tricked me because it was funny or because well i just i don't think i would ever share something that had like a skittles logo on it even and i and like so it's nothing like absolute that's why yeah it's because even though marketing has put food on my table since i was a kid it, a lot of it is very insidious and yeah. i don't want more marketing in my life like i really like to do things to avoid getting commercials so i don't like it when my friends share me a commercial you sure. Know, to watch. Sure. I, I, I was trying. What to, was the last one you shared? Last one I shared. I, I did share one because my friend made it. Um, it was like a fall. It was like a travel UP commercial. I saw that like fall colors. And like, but my, my, you never would have shared. that. No, if I didn't know the guy who made it, I probably wouldn't have. Totally. Um, and that's not on him. Like <laughs> he's he didn't make this. Like oh, thirty somethings are gonna love sharing this beautiful <laughs> fall leaves footage. He made the one last year, and it went super viral because the people in the UP, there's very few things they care about right. more than like our fall colors, and this is what makes us special. So every year he makes this like fall colors come visit the UP in the fall video, mm -hmm. and it goes super viral. And I was like talking to him about it, like. Like what made this? Cause that's what kind of inspired inspired us to have this conversation right now. Is like that, it's crazy to me because I would never just randomly share that video, but thousands, of, you know, tens of thousands of people do. And this is crazy. a good insight that you've touched on. Is there are things in which people have pride and they don't think of it as a company or a brand. Right, it's something they have pride in. In many things that are marketed to Mexicans and in many things that are like. It's particularly sports teams. Mm -hmm. So, like when I when I lived in Mexico, I felt like thirty percent of the ads ended with something about like orgullo de Mexico, <laughs> like pride of uh, Mexico. Okay. But we do this in we the states made just in as much. America, whatever. Well, think about like a lot of beers will be. Like <laughs> yeah. this. Well, Budweiser did their America can. That's yeah. a perfect example. You try and Play connect off. yourself yeah. to something that someone has a great deal of pride in that they would share. I think in beer, it's even more common that you see something like Goose Island. Why did they name their beer 312? Sure. Right? Chicago, because they want to think, make you connect their brand with, with the, the city place. that you have pride in. Absolutely. So and I, that definitely has worked on me. <laughs> yeah. And it, I remember being probably just barely old enough to drink 312 when it started coming out and being so excited about it. Now, looking back at it, I'm like, that's kind of <laughs> and funny that I cared that much. Yeah. But it was the early days of craft beer, to me, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there were like guys in the 70s who were <laughs> doing it. But I, it was totally exciting to me. And I, as a Chicago guy, they got me with the pride thing. And I think you can do, just like you pointed out with the UP, you see it with sports teams. Like the, like the White Sox have tried to do this every year. Oh, yeah. As a White Sox fan, I see so many White Sox commercials. <laughs> And they're mostly terrible, but they often will be like, "We're proud. We're the we're the working class yeah. Chicago." Northwestern is tough. trying to build themselves as Chicago's college team, yeah. which is yeah, just kind of a weird, idea. a weird thing for them to do up in Evanston. But yeah, there, there are teams here. <laughs> there are other colleges here that have football teams. But, but I do think yeah. that's funny. Like growing up in Chicago, 
there's a funny vacuum of who's the team. Like we've Notre talked Dame about this gets a lot. a lot of love and they're two hours away. <laughs> when I was a kid, I would have said Chicago's team was Notre Dame. But you have pointed out to me that their Michigan State is if there's not more the Michigan most State bars in Chicago than there are any other college by by a decent decent margin. Totally. So you I feel like there's an argument to be made that Michigan State is Chicago's <laughs> Big Ten team. Maybe. Even though it's far away, it's like, well, but if it's a democracy and everybody yeah. gets a vote, it's certainly not Nebraska is my team, but there are many, many Nebraska fans here. It's like, so, I, so I get yeah. the Northwestern Bring thing. it back. So, like I said, I mentioned I kind of went through just like reading the different headers of a lot of the different ones. And they seem to fall into three categories for me. There was the real-life surprise. Think of like the Pepsi challenge, like try this or this, which one's better, which I think the celebrities impersonating other things kind of fall into. It's like here's people in the real world caught on a hidden camera and let's watch what happens. Mm-hmm. The second was cute things, right? So puppy and a duck yep. become best friends, and that turns into a Budweiser commercial for whatever reason, right? And then the third one, which is almost the weirdest one, which I think is almost the most successful, is the absurd one. So this is the mm. Old Spice commercial. This is the Dollar Shave Club commercial. This is the Puppy Monkey Baby Mountain Dew commercial, right? Yep. It's the Eric Andre show. It's the Tim and Eric show. It's, it's that sort of almost absurdity I still don't know is if is that an art or a science, right? But with those three categories, it's interesting because I always thought with corn, if I was full licensed to uh, do a marketing campaign for them, I wanted to do like taste this blind taste test caught on hidden camera style uh, versus real Tyson chicken nuggets, mm-hmm. right? Vegetarian chicken nuggets versus Tyson. Um, and I gen- and you what you do for a video is you take all the people that like I like this one better or this one tastes more like meat. Uh, and you edit those down and you create a video out of it. And totally. like, I think maybe that doesn't go viral nationally, but it goes viral within the vegetarian community. I guarantee you that. What you're describing is a commercial that's been done a million times, yep. but in that particular segment could be could have fresh legs because it's not something that you get to talk about all the time. And it would probably be great just from the pure backlash. Yeah. Because you have all of these super patriotic, like, meat till I die types that have, you know, they root for meat like it was a sports team. Having any kind of secondary media coverage of your campaign would be fantastic. Absolutely. Um, But... Well, it's funny when you when you introduce this topic as like viral marketing, you had me thinking along the lines of social and not TV and oh, like your okay. low like your kind of sneaky stuff. <laughs> but the thought that you're bringing forward is like Commercials sometimes have the most YouTube views essentially, yeah. yeah. So because TV is kind of everywhere, right? There's so many ways that you can watch TV, and it's impossible to have media saturation the way that there used to be. So much of what a TV commercial can get done now is how much can you get free and people sharing, sharing. it on Facebook, yeah. Twitter, whatever, whatever. And we people talked about volunteering. To we watch talked it. about Kickstarter on a past episode. Uh, like almost all of the best Kickstarter, most successful Kickstarter campaigns have had some viral video attached with it. So let's let's bring it home here. If we were going to do a quick viral video for this podcast. I was thinking there's two ways to do it. There's like a BuzzFeed way of like all the stupid off conversations that happen at an office. Or there's like a uh, satirical version where you almost do that same thing, but in like a hyper, hyper satirical manner. 
Do mm. either of those work? Are they either of those worth doing? Neither is working. About <laughs> Fil- filming is, is kind of a weird piece of it because neither was working in an office, so this would be actually really, really hard. But So thinking about promoting this podcast is something that I do regularly, but I think you're the way that you put together promo packages for a lot of entertainment media is that you go back over your long season of a show <laughs> or your long sure. radio thing. I mean, think about radio yeah. promos that you hear at the beginning of every radio show. Yep. And then you cut together four interesting conversation One pieces, liners, yeah. you know, where it's like we're going back and forth. The worst version of this is that Bill Simmons promo we talked oh, about it's before. so bad. But it got every radio show... Does this at the it, yeah. at the top of their radio show? You'll hear them yep. like several of the things they've said, and I think that would be so easy for us to do now that we have twenty one podcasts. Does that banked. get shared? Uh, yeah, I think that could be get shared, and I think it would be easier to share than this, right? So when sure. we finish this episode, I'll edit it down, and it'll probably end up being like forty minutes long. If I send that to my friend, it's kind of a big ask to listen through the whole thing. But if I'm sending you 30 seconds and I'm like there's three funny jokes in this then you know exactly what you're getting and you're more likely to listen to it now it might not hook you but I think that would be the very easiest way to do it so it's but it's it's kind of like your buzzfeed thing on the next episode thing that you get at the end of whatever HBO show or totally but it's more like see what's happening (laughs) on this you know like check out what so I think you could really do that and it's kind of like your buzzfeed thing right so it's 10 ideas bing 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 and you can do it any medium we already have audio but (laughs) you could do it video if we had the the mojo and the moxie and we wanted to do it <laughs> or you could do it in writing you know i just think audio it's hard to share it's hard for audio to become viral right? audio Cause, is cause the least viral exactly media. and there's and nothing to look at the video piece of it whether it is you know buzzfeed top 10 worst conversations you have in an office or the show the office style like satirical conversations totally. that happen in an office stuff like that i think that gets shared and i want to stick on this what's the most viral because Truly the most viral thing you can have is a text post, (laughs) right? Because it's very simple to share. It can be shared on any platform. However, the world of blogs and text posts are dying, right? There's less and less blog traffic as all the media gets collected onto social media and you just scroll through your feed and you never click anything. But it's easier to do text than to do video because it's fast, it's cheap, it's infinitely shareable. And... I can be at my office looking at it, and this is where people look at funny internet things is when they're supposed to be working. But if you look at a funny internet thing when you're supposed to be working and it's a video, you might be uncomfortable to do that. You might not be able to do that at your work. But I think a video would be huge. Videos that don't have the uh, subtitles on the bottom still baffles me. Like (laughs) very few videos on social media. You're giving money away, man. Very few videos on social media do I watch with the volume on. It's very rare that I have the volume on my phone or whatever it may be. So like, just put subtitles. Like, how, like it, it costs seems, you nothing. It seems easy, and very few. And it's not like it, right? It's, it's funny memes, right? It's not like some dude in a basement made this. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't get mad at him for not doing it. But like, you're missing out. <laughs> you're missing out, kid. <laughs> or if you loved this and it got a million views, and you're not that dude in the basement, <laughs> here's your opportunity. <laughs> yeah. You can add subtitles. Yeah, you can beat out the main guy. Did Did you have any other? Uh, did you want to? <laughs> 
elaborate at all on your master plan for the viral no, success? No, no. I, I like I like leaving it up in there. So if, if anything does happen, it'll be a surprise. We welcome feedback if people want to absolutely, give suggestions. absolutely. At Northern how do we Clark how do we make a viral commercial for this podcast? Yeah, and where would anyone watch it? <laughs> Do you want us to spam you with an invitation to a Facebook page? Well, when I think about, like, right, when I think about um, going to blogs or going to uh, Reddit sites and posting links to this, yeah. it'd be nice if there was some media yeah. that was, whether it's just a photo, whether it's a video, whether it was, mm-hmm. that, that gives people, to your point, a feel for what this is. So it's not like they're just walking into being like, two guys start talking about work conversations, yeah, right? Totally. And I, that I am definitely conscientious to every time I put a post up, I always put a photo with the post so that when I share it on social media, it's not just the logo. Yep. So do that next the time dope you post logo, on Facebook. <laughs> Hella dope. <laughs> For quick hits, TJ offered me the undying question, is there a good way to talk about fantasy football at work? Not even, not even that. For me, it's I hate it. I, I, <laughs> I, I play fantasy football. I don't want to hear about your fantasy football team, but I get drawn into these conversations all the time. First of all, do you enjoy talking about fantasy football at work? And if you don't, how the hell do you answer that? Like when someone comes to be like, you'll never guess what happened to my fantasy team on, fr- on Sunday. I was down two, but I had the Rams defense. I don't know why he's like Italian. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I just don't care, and I have to pretend to be because you don't want to upset people. I feel like you can tell people that you don't care because <laughs> this is one of just look at me. I like, dude, I, I genuinely know, don't care. The way to do it is with humor. I think <laughs> you're not the first person to hate talking about fantasy football. It is the most boring thing <laughs> that adults talk about. It, but people get so excited. They're like. Monday night, man, I got I got Carlos Hyde, and he has the, the other team's defense. If he scores one touchdown, I got it. Awesome. I, Thank you. I love fantasy football guy. <laughs> the next the next podcast, I want you to do in that voice uh, the whole time. We're going to do characters. <laughs> I'm going to bring someone on. on who's, like, super into it. No, he's going to do – he's going to talk about just his four fantasy teams uh, for an entire segment. I prefer the style to the content. But okay, so here's my legit answer. You can make a joke about it and be like, "It's super boring to talk about fantasy football," and because it is, and yeah. this you're not. I think that's the majority opinion, even among the slice of the population that plays fantasy football. I think the ones that have any ability of self reflection <laughs> know that you don't want to hear about it, yeah. and the ones who have no ability of self reflection. They're going to be miserable to talk about, to talk to regardless of the topic. <laughs> Fair enough. I remember we had a coworker who had a particular vendetta against one of the women in her social group. <laughs> and I think the name of the woman she didn't like was Tori. And I, there was nothing I could say to her to get her off the, you know, she was a train sure. running down the track sure. of talking about Tori. I would see her get the look in oh, her no. eye <laughs> that she was going to start doing it. And I would You'd be like, God, Tori was so great the other day. <laughs> I, I was just, I was like, well, let's just steer into the skid. Let's just <laughs> you go went right into out. it. I would be like, oh, you'll never. Sounds be- like this was Tori. <laughs> Tell me this is Tori. Is she? She is so controlling. Anyone with in her a boyfriend. relationship knows this because, like, people will you know come home and be like, oh, you never guess what Janet in accounting did today. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, 
That Janet. That Janet. <laughs> tell you. So, I mean, like, people in relationships steer into this kid. I've never done it with people oh, at yeah. work. I did it with that. With we. This was our mutual work acquaintance who was one of the most <laughs> difficult people to be in a room with. Yes. Like, if you I, were going to decide. I know who you were referring to. <laughs> If you were going to design someone like in Madden, like a Madden player to be the worst person to be trapped <laughs> in the elevator with. A hundred out of a hundred on oh, uh, annoyability. On just like, they can't stop. Once they get it going, they can't stop. And if I, I felt like if I could, could lean into the skid on her Tory stuff, then she would start laughing about it. Got and it. it wouldn't have as much of an emotional... Like, but I don't want to hear about her. Tori. I don't. Nope. I don't. I, the, I mean, if there's a way to just avoid that person entirely, <laughs> you know, Godspeed. Do it, young man. Well, I, the, the short version of this story is I, I'm a person who comes in the office early, and she was too. So we, me and this person had a solid hour every morning, <laughs> just the two of us. Building we can make castles it if we try. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard about Tori. <laughs> I also did the classic, like, look at my screen. Uh-huh. Uh, wow. <laughs> all right. I feel like all these strategies are available to you for fantasy football. You ha- you have the training. Uh, I, to there has this. to be a better answer because it it, does, it doesn't go away. It doesn't stop. It's I like a, it's like a disease. This it's one of the w- hardest ways that we earn our checks when you work is to just be around people that you don't <laughs> like. I mean, I'm a I am a coming from be... two people who currently work from home. <laughs> exactly. Maybe that's why. <laughs> 